I say, church, praise the Lord. It's good to be here. And uh, I can't see your smiles, but I know you're smiling behind the mask. Hallelujah. Father, Lord, we say thank you for a time like this. As we go down to your words, as my brother has spoken, Lord, Lord, we ask, ask that you speak through me, Father, Lord, what you want your church to hear, Father, Lord. Thank you, Father, Lord, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. I just have about 30 minutes, so we'll get down to business as soon as possible. But just an add-on add to what my brother Joji said. Uh, for the men, please be available next Saturday. We usually have our yearly outing. We can't have our outing now because of lockdown, so we're going to have it online. And it'll be a time for debates. Praise the Lord. So it's going to be interesting. If you haven't joined the teams for last year, please add your name to one of the teams. Uh, you can meet any one of the core group to add your names to those teams. Praise the Lord. Uh, the message today, I was start off. There was a story back in Nigeria then. Uh, a man said he wanted to marry a lady, and uh, he proposed to her. But it didn't come to pass, you know. And she sued him. That he promised to marry her, and he didn't marry her. You know, and the, court, and the case went to court, Okay. Now, the owners is, was their proposal, and how do you know there was a proposal? The other thing was, was there an acceptance, and how do we guarantee there was an acceptance? Okay, he made a promise, and he broke a promise to the lady. Now, I don't know what kind of man will make a promise and break a promise, but that's the normal human nature. People can make promises and break promises. Or someone can make a promise and then someone does not accept it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the topic for today that I'll be talking about is promise or polycitation of the year. Promise or polycitation of the year. It's a question. Now, before I get on, you must have seen a big word there, big word there you know, polycitation. Unfortunately for us, we have two careers that are used, usually use big words to confuse us. The medical profession, apologies, uh, Pastor Leslie, and the law profession also. And maybe it's because from the Latin roots, I'm sure if you have gone to the hospital and the doctor writes a prescription for you, I'm sure you cannot read it. Maybe it's only the pharmacist that will be able to read it. So what is polycitation? I will start from there, Okay. Is the action of promising to someone. But in the Roman law, that was in those days, what it meant was an unaccepted or informal promise not accepted by the promisee. So someone makes a promise and it's not accepted by the promisee. So I make your promise, you do not accept it. So that promise can be referred to as polycitation. And what does that mean? That means I can withdraw that my promise because you have not accepted it. Praise the Lord. So it's like a promise that is not accepted. Okay? Are we, are we, are we together in that point? So for me, is there's a difference between this and a contract. Okay? And that's why when we have a contract, someone makes a promise and someone accepts it. They say, sign it. You go for employment or they give you a career letter, uh, employment letter. They promise to pay you if you do so, so, and so but it's only binding while you accept it. 
Praise the Lord. If you do not accept it, it's not binding. And sometimes they give you a time frame. Get back to us one week, uh, two weeks, or three weeks. And uh, if you don't get back to someone, it's gone. It's taken back. But when someone promises something for you, you better take it serious. Do you have children in the house here, please? If you're below 15, please. Just wave, wave to me. Wave to me. Even at home, also wave to me. There's one thing I know that this generation do. They take promises serious. Parents, have you ever promised your child something? And you have refused to fulfill it? Oh, my. They will be on your case. Praise the Lord. Am I correct? Parents, can you attribute to that? So what am I saying? When God gives us a promise, how do we take it? Okay? So my text is taken from the promise of the year. Praise the Lord. Ezekiel 37, 14. Can we bring it up? Oh, who can narrate that offhand? I'm sure some of us will not be able to, to memorize that. Or oh, have you memorized it? How well have we imbibed it? How well have we taken it on board? Ezekiel 37, 14 says, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place in you your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, that is a promise that God gave you and me this year. But I don't know how you read it this year. I don't know how you took it this year. I don't know whether you just read it and you just put it aside. But when Pastor Abraham was giving this out in the crossover service, I was trying to digest it as much as I can. Because that is a promise from me, from God for this year. Most of us have just glanced through it and we have put it under our pillow. The normal thing. Yes, we have an add-on. The year of holiness, which I am working and you are working. But what is your promise? What are you going to run with this year? So I'm here today to challenge you based on the promise of the year. Now, there are six things when we get the promise we need to look into. Okay? We need to consider what is the promise. We need to consider what is the premise on that promise. I went to consider the application of that promise by faith. Okay? And then we need to consider the power of the person making the promise, the power of God in this case. And then we need to also consider the provision of the person making the promise, which is a pro the provision of God. You need to consider the glory of God. Who will take the glory? I make you a promise. The way you take my promise might be different from the one that Sultan Haitham will make to you. Am I correct? Because you have categorized based on these things. Okay? What the promise is, what the premise is. If I tell you I'm going to give you a million real, and Sultan Haitham says I'm going to give you a million reals. You look at the provision. Can Brother Marcus give you one million real? Can the Sultan give it to you? By faith. Will I keep to my word? Or will the sultan keep to his word? Who will take the glory? And what was the premise under? Is he owing you for whatever it is? Or what was the conditions? So we'll take that promise of the year. And I'll just give you a background of that. Now the person that made that promise was Ezekiel. 
and his name means God strengthens. God strengthens. God will strengthen someone this year in the mighty name of Jesus. And this took place between 593 to 571. Within a space of 70 years. And one thing we know about Ezekiel, he was the son of a priest. Okay? And at that time, he was going to follow his father's profession. But God called him out to become a prophet for the nations. And that's how we had the, verse, uh, the book of Ezekiel. Somebody here, God will call you out from your normal work just for you to reach your destination this year in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, historically, Ezekiel ministered in Babylon. We know where Babylon is. It's modern-day southern Iraq, isn't it? North of the Persian Gulf. Not too far from where we are. Okay? And the Babylonians took the Jews from there and settled them in the region there. Now, that exile did not mean that they were going into slavery at that particular point in time. That meant that God was, they were relocating them to keep them there so they can occupy the territory on the other side. Okay? So they are taking Israel there. They are located there. So they were kind of a little bit of a posh set of slaves at that time. So we can say even in exile, Ezekiel was married, even had a house. But the most important thing is, his ministration was to the Israelites that were deported to Babylon at that particular point in time. And he was telling them that God was going to restore them. That was the premise in which the promise was going to be given. Meanwhile, interestingly, at the same time as Ezekiel was there in Babylon making these promises, Jeremiah also was prophesying Israel. Because they had, they had not in Judah, they had not yet in Jerusalem, he had not, they had not yet repented from that side. And Jeremiah was saying, you're going to be taken captive. But Ezekiel was saying, you're going back to your land. All at the same time. So it was under these conditions that Ezekiel was given this promise. Now, for me, when I look at that, part, that verse, it's fully loaded for the whole year for me. And it should be fully loaded for you. Now, the first thing in that verse, it says, I will put my spirit in you. When we talk of putting spirit, it brings us to the story of recreation. When God created Adam and Eve in Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and breathed of life. And man became a living being. That was God's spirit going into him. What God is telling you this year, he's going to restore you to your default settings. That was what happened in the beginning. He put the spirit of God in man before man got corrupted. Now I'm going to 2021. God is telling us as a church, I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to restore the original plan in your life. Praise the Lord. Are you listening, church? Now, as I'm going through this, please, I want you to take this serious because as, as you take it serious, as you accept it, it will come to pass in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. And that's what God is saying. Whatever you have gone wrong, 2020 downwards, whatever has gone wrong in your life, God is saying, I'm going to restore it. I'm going to put that my spirit inside you. And in the second part, he said, and you shall live. One of the things I miss, I miss my grandfather. When my grandfather was alive, he just passed away some years back. Anytime I went to Nigeria, I used to see my grandfather, and I used to take my son to go with him. That was his great-grandfather. He was lucky to see his great-grandfather. And when we go there to greet, 
in my local dialect, the greeting is, how are you living? Hope you're doing very well. Okay? Nowadays, you say, how are you? I'm fine, and you just pass. But it has a deeper meaning. Sometimes I feel English does not have a deep meaning. If you go to your local dialects, I think sometimes you have a, a deeper meaning. How are you living? Now, church, I'm asking you, how are you living? Are we just getting by? Are we just living day to day? Come see, come sir, oh, whatever COVID happens, we're just living. Are you living victoriously? That's what God needs from us to live victoriously, regardless of what is happening. In John 10, 10b, he says, I've come that they may have life and that they will have it abundantly. And when God says he shall live, in this season, it means no sickness. Praise the Lord. We have been enjoying it in this, in this place. We don't have any cases of COVID in our midst. But God says, regardless of the health challenges, you shall live. Nothing shall worry you. You shall live victoriously. You shall live abundantly. Financially, you shall be blessed. That is what God is saying this year. That's why when I ask you, how are you living? Your joy shall be full. It's a pity that everybody has masks because I want to read your faces. Now I have to read your eyes, which is very, very difficult. And some of us are wearing glasses, which makes it more, more difficult. But God is saying you shall live. I don't want to live ordinarily. I want to be able to be happy I'm going out. I want to be able to be happy when I'm coming back to my home. I have to be able when I'm going to school online to be happy. Regardless of the circumstances around me, regardless of not being able to travel or not being able to move out, I have to be able to be, live victoriously. Have a closer walk with God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the next thing is, I will place you in your land. Hey. When I read this thing, the thing just made me excited. Land means assets. Are we correct? You have landed property, you have assets. And when you go through the Bible from Genesis to Revelations, they're talking about land. They're talking about assets. And when God says, I will place you, he's not making a request. He does not need to request anybody. He's not buying the land like you and I would do. There is no struggle. There is no obstacle. He needs approval for no one. But God has told you, I will place you. I will keep you. And he says, I will settle you. Huh. Praise the Lord. We have a vocabulary in Nigeria. They said, ah, settle me. Settle me means, okay, pay me off or whatever it is. But God says, I will settle you. He will give us our own. That's the principle. Your own land. My settlement will not be the same like Brother Matthew. I don't know what Brother Matthew is going through. But God knows what he's going through. His own settlement might be different from my own settlement. But the promise to stands, God will settle me. Some might be in a health challenge. Some might be in a career. Some might be in finances. But God has promised he will settle you. You know, if you go back, I said it's a restore of this sort of default settings. Adam and Eve, he gave them their own garden. That's why when God started speaking, he said he'll give you a spirit. Now he said he'll set in your own land. Even though Ezekiel was speaking to them, going back to their own land, he's talking about you today. I'll give you your own territory. 
You go back, Isaac also. When God was settling Isaac, he dug wells, isn't it? He brought forth water. He called them by the names. They shifted him from there. He went to another place and he dug more wells. And what came forth? Water. So what are you trusting for God for this year? What did you write in your list to God this year? God says, I will settle you in your own land. That's the promise that God is giving you. And if you know this promise, you'll be very excited. You'll be very, very, very excited. That shows you that he owns everything. He owns everything. We might be going in a situation that jobs are getting less. Organization is increasing. I've lost my job. My visa has expired. But God says, I'm going to give you land. The Israelites were in a foreign land. They were in Babylon. But imagine the promises Ezekiel. I'm sure some of them were laughing at him. We have been moved from our home. How are you going to settle us? How are we going to get our land? They have occupied it. How is it going to happen? And that's some of the questions that we have. That's some of the unbelief. How is it going to happen? My own thing is not for me to know how it's going to happen. My own is to believe and trust God on the promise that it's going to happen. The way a manner is left to God. Some of us are looking for spouses. The word says you're going to get married this year. The way a manner is going to happen, I don't know, but I'm going to get married. That's the promise God has given. Because he said he's going to give you the land. Praise the Lord. Are we together? And I'll go back to that verse again. Just for us to know where I'm coming from. Ezekiel 37, 14. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place in you in your own land. Okay? I'll continue. And I'll move to the next part. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. When the Lord has spoken it, he has guaranteed it. He has guaranteed it. Who else do you need more to guarantee something for you than the Lord? I spoke about the Sultan. If he gives you something, you'll take it because he owns Oman. But there's someone that's higher than him that has guaranteed it. Is that guarantee that we don't walk? In Isaiah 46, 9-11, it says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things are not, are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand. My wisdom shall stand. My word will stand. And I will do all to my pleasure. Whatever he desires will happen. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Now, when you're talking about that bird, a prey from the east. He was talking about Cyrus, isn't it? He was talking about Cyrus, a Babylonian king. Or was it a Persian king that was going to implement what God has desired in his life? Now, what am I saying to you? 
God can use the hand of the least expected person to fulfill his plans in your life. And some of you will see that happening this year in the mighty name of Jesus. The least expected person will fulfill your destiny for you by God's unction. So when you go out, you have to be sensitive in the spirit who you meet, who you interact with. Don't look at the top one. You can even look at the person that you look at as the lowest in starter. But God can use anybody. If God can use Cyrus for the Israelites, Israelites cause, he can use anybody. He can be an unbeliever. But just be expectant on this promise. And he continues, indeed I have spoken it. And I will also bring it to pass. I have proposed it and I will also do it. Hmm. I love those guarantees. Numbers 319. God is not man that he should lie, nor son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not make it good? Has God spoken through the promise of the year and said he will not accomplish it? God take us to December if the Lord does not come. And I'll see that fulfillment in the life of those that have accepted his promise in the mighty name of Jesus. Because he has spoken it. He cannot deny himself. God has spoken. He cannot deny himself. Now that is a problem where a lot of us see. We fail to look at the guarantee of Jesus Christ. What he has said he's going to do in our lives. In Psalm 119.89 Forever, O Lord, your world, your word is certain, is settled in heaven forever. Oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That's the promise that people have had. What God has spoken concerning me, concerning you, it is settled. Now, the next part of it, if you go through the book of Ezekiel over 65 times. I said, and they shall know I am the Lord. And they shall know that I am the Lord. What does that mean? In the last part of our verse here, if you read it, okay? Let's go back to that, that verse. Then you shall know that I, the Lord. Okay? Here it's, it's rephrased differently. You shall know that I, the Lord. So what is the Lord saying here? He's doing this so he shall receive the glory. Praise the Lord. This is being fulfilled in life, your life so that God will receive the glory. When the Israelites go back to the land, it's that so that God will receive the glory. Whatever God is doing in your life this year is so that he will be glorified. In Psalm 118, Verse 17, I shall not die, but live and complete the rest and declare the works of the Lord and declare the works of the glory. That's your own part of the acceptance. When God has done it also, you need to declare the works of the Lord. Nowadays, we get into our meetings, any testimonies, everybody just sits down glum. Are you telling me God has not done any wonderful things in your life this first part of the year? I'm missing Pastor Steve Alao and his family. They have gone back, but they, they, that's one family that will testify 
to God's goodness at every meeting. Another person is Brother Jignesh. He might not be here. He might be doing it online. But anyway, he can have the opportunity to testify. You will testify to God's goodness. Now we have to churn people to testify to God's goodness. Is it that God is not doing wonders in our lives? I mean, for us being here, for me, it's, 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 it's by God's grace. It's enough. I thank God every day I'm alive. Anytime we gather together, we should have testimonies. And that's what the promise is doing. God is giving me this promise so that you will testify to his goodness as he fulfills what concerns you in your life. Now, I'll conclude. It's very short, direct message. I'll conclude with a story. Okay? Russell Kelso Carter, I wrote it down. He lived from 1849 to 1928. He was a star athlete of the military academy in those years. And an excellent student academically. He went on to be a successful teacher and a coach. Now, he spent several years as a Methodist minister, after which he went to medical school. Minister, medical school, sports athlete. Then he was also a musician and a songwriter. So I begin to see the kind of talented person he was in all endeavors of life. And then he was also a professed Christian. It wasn't until a crisis he had with his natural heart. At the age of 30, he had a problem with his heart. And the doctor told him that he was in physical, critical condition. And he was not going to be able to live more. Carter turned to God for healing. And he knelt down and made a promise that healing or no, if his life was finally and forever, will be fully consecrated to the service of the Lord. He was dedicated himself to the service of the Lord, regardless of what the doctor said. And it was at that time the word of God started becoming alive in his life. He started believing. He started trusting God. He started claiming the promises of God in the Bible. All of them. He started accepting the promise of God. And that was when his heart was totally healed. And he lived for 49 years thereafter. Praise the Lord. He lived 79. And it was during that time that Russell Carter wrote the famous hymn, Standing on the Promises of God. He was standing on the promise of God until he got his seating. Now, what am I saying to you today? A promise is not consummated unless it is accepted. What God has promised us this year, I pray it shall not be a policitation in our lives. It shall not be unaccepted. It's something that we accept. We thank God we have a merciful Father who will not take it back because his word has gone forth to accomplish all he has meant to accomplish. But my prayer is that we'll imbibe this promise that God has given us this year. We accept it and it will manifest in our lives. 
I would just want us to rise up just quickly. I want us to claim these promises. Okay? Wherever you are, if you're at home, you're watching this online, it's a promise of the year. I want us to be able to write it down. In your office, put it on the wall. In your home, put it on the wall. Carry it about on your phone, put it on your wall. And as you make these declarations today, and you live with it, and you accept it in our lives, we shall live a victorious life. Praise the Lord. And we're just going to read this promise of the year together. Praise the Lord. Can we have on the screen for those that don't have it? And I want you, where it says in you, I want you to personalize it. Okay? Ezekiel 37, 14. Ezekiel 37, 14. Ezekiel 37, 14. Can you put it there? Ezekiel 37, 14. Okay. Ezekiel 37, 14. Okay? And I want each of us to, to, to I mean, we'll speak, we'll speak it together. I will put my spirit in Emmanuel. And Emmanuel shall live. And Emmanuel will be placed in his own land. And Emmanuel will know that the Lord has spoken and has performed it. Just lift up your voices wherever you are. Just pray and say, Lord, I received this promise for this year. Lord, I accept this promise for this year. Lord, I accept your spirit to come and live in my life. Lord, I accept this yet. I shall live, Father Lord. I shall not die, but I shall declare your works, your wonderful works in my life. Lord, I accept the promise that you will place me in my land, Father Lord. I will lack nothing good this year in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever is happening around me, I'll receive it. I'll receive your blessing. I'll receive your promises this year. Lord, that this year, Father Lord, I will be an asset to whoever I come with. Father Lord, and I will know that you're God. Lord, I will testify to your goodness. Just lift it up. Whatever issues you have this year, you're trusting God for. This is your promise for you. This is your time to consummate your promise of the year with God to seal this contract and say, Lord, as you have promised it in my life, so shall it come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. Father Lord, we say thank you. We thank you, Lord, that this shall not be a solicitation for this year, but it shall be a promise. Father Lord, we receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. And so shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. Be thy exalted, Father. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.